Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Louisa TV. This is the fourth part in a four-part episode, Afterlife Communication, and I was guided to share with you just a few of my experiences of the afterlife, the multidimensional realms, the non-physical realms, angels, guides, miracles, and magic. And the reason I'm sharing this experience with you that at some point brought me down to my knees and caused great suffering but also great growth and joy. The reason I'm sharing this is because miracles are real and the non-physical realms are not some far-off universe. They are right here and all we have to do is ask for help or ask for them to contact us or ask for a sign. And you can do it in whatever way you choose. Please help me. Please guide me. Please show me a sign. Please show me that you're here and please show me that you're listening. And if we open ourselves up to possibilities and probabilities, if we open ourselves up to the possibility of miracles and magic, there is no doubt in my mind that my experience was a co-creation with the universe. I realised the kingdom of God is within us, within all of us. And I don't mean a man in a grey beard in the sky, but the kingdom of God is within us. Our consciousness creates our reality. And I spoke about three simple principles that got me through this experience, faith and hope and love. And faith is the belief that it will occur and hope is the expectation. And love is working with the heart structure, making this an emotive and feeling experience. And when we do this, we can move mountains and move worlds. And you can not only apply these three elements to communicate with the afterlife, but you can apply it to any area of your life to make significant, significant changes in your life, in your reality in whatever you desire to occur. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. There is no doubt that we are eternal. We're spiritual at our core. We are love. We come here for love and we are love in our human incarnation. So just a recap, I spoke about last week, my brother was arrested in Asia and I found myself traveling to a remote southern province. His daughter was taken during the arrest and she was awarded temporary custody to state services. I also spoke about traveling to Simla, the Cathedral of Miracles and praying for a miracle. And I think often in our life when we let go of the details, when it not becomes so forced and so rigid, 
in our mind, in our humanness of what we want to happen, when we surrender to a power far greater than us, then every door that closed and every door that opened became a blessing. Every person that came into our life was almost an angel. And the synchronicities that occurred were remarkable looking back at the time I perhaps didn't recognise it so much, but looking back now, it was remarkable, the steps along the way. It was almost as if we were players on a stage, moving energy, and in some way I realised this life is an energy game. We are energy, everything is energy, and it's how we choose to manipulate and how we choose to vibrate at a certain frequency, how we're able to move energy, and we do this primarily by our thoughts and emotions. So the afterlife, the non-physical realms are not some far-off universe. They are right here. They are found within you. They are the sunrise. They are the sunset. They are the wind brushing on your cheek. They're a feather that falls next to you. They're that aha moment when you just know it's right or when something feels good and when something feels fun. They could be the ocean and it could be long talks with yourself under the moon and the stars. But the loving realms, the multidimensional realms are always there offering to guide us. They won't interfere unless it's life-threatening, but they're delighted to help you and all you have to do is ask. So back to my story and I'll finish it off for you. And I've also put some photos at the end of this episode to share with you. My brother and I did the best we could. We spent many an hours together talking and sharing something we hadn't done for years. My visits to him soon moved to inside the internal courtyard of the jail. I was terrified the first time my hands were shaking being surrounded by hundreds of male prisoners, but he told me I'd be safe and he said, just don't go out of my sight, which I didn't. To pass the time and perhaps to offer some tiny pieces of joy to the experience, we started giving people nicknames and there were two particular characters in the jail, Shalom and the Beast. Well, Shalom was the new chief warden and, again, this was a miracle and a blessing in itself. We were told that the former chief warden was a cruel man and Shalom was somewhat a nice man. And the reason we called him Shalom is because my brother, to be on his favourable favorable side, told Shalom that I was Jewish. I'm not Jewish. It didn't bother me, though. And every time he saw me, he wanted to talk about Judaism and his desire and passion to move to Israel and study there. And every time we greeted each other, we said Shalom. I think it was a most appropriate name, and that's what we called the chief warden. And the beast was the mayor of my brother's cell. 
and very appropriately named. I spoke about last week that each cell, and there were many cells, were assigned a mayor and inmate uh, that was chosen as the mayor decided by the guards who controlled the prisoners in each cell. So we called him the beast because one day when I was outside of the bars in the visitor's waiting area, he went crazy. And I have never, ever seen anything like this in my life. I thought he was going to break down the bars. He was screaming at the guards. It was phenomenal, the, the, the sheer force of his terror and the sheer force of his power was unbelievable. And I wasn't afraid for myself, but I was quite happy that I was on the other side of the bars at this time. So we called him the beast. It was a rather appropriate name, although we'd never call that to him that to his face. The mayor of each cell had the option at the end of each month to swap their inmates, their prisoners, depending on their compliance with the rules. And each cell was its own social system within a social system. So my brother was lucky. He had the nicest mayor in the jail somewhat, not perhaps not by our terminology, but he was the fairest man. He was respected by the other men for being a fair mayor in the jail. My brother told me some of the things that happened at night, unimaginable things. But this was the law of the cell. I asked him to show me around the jail as well, and we couldn't go too far. There were certain areas or allocations for each cell and each inmate. He did point out the women's prison and he pointed out a corner cell, which he was told me was the solitary confinement or a punishment cell. And there was a man on the floor, I'll never forget it. He was shackled or chained. His wrists and ankles were bound behind his back. And the chain was so small, he was bent backwards. He couldn't lie flat. And my brother told me that he was occasionally thrown scraps of food, which I'm assuming he had to eat with his mouth and he relieved himself in his own filth. I often wonder if he was ever released. My brother told me he'd been there for months, but I wonder if he was released and unchained how a man could ever recover from that sort of trauma and torture. My brother also showed me his cell, a cell that housed 50 to 70 men, a cell intended for 10 men. He showed me where he slept and he showed me the ground, a recessed trough where 50 to 70 men relieved themselves. In between my visits to my brother each week, I also visited my niece some six hours away and our custody battle continued with her. And she had been incarcerated for six months by this stage. And on the third custody court case, we 
were awarded, I was awarded custody and it was an absolute miracle. I couldn't believe it. I remember going to pick up my niece and I was late because I had to sign so much documentation and paperwork and the other girls in the home for girls, the shelter where she was incarcerated, told me she'd been sitting on her bags for six hours waiting for me. She was so excited. She's the most beautiful, special child. I still remember that night we were back at the hotel. It was amazing and she made me promise that she wouldn't be taken away again and she did that for many nights after that. It took us another week to get out of the country. There was lots of bureaucracy that we had to cover and the consulate had to issue her an emergency passport. When we left the country, it was bittersweet. I, my niece was safe, but I had to leave my brother behind, not knowing and only having faith and hope and love that he would get out of this alive. Many of the men in the jail knew that they would never leave those bars, that front gate again, alive. The jail was filled with so many souls of men. The heat was unbelievable, the, the filth, the flies, the cats. But at the same time, they were happy. They had no choice not to be happy. It was sad in some way. These men really had never had anything and I don't think many of them had ever been cared for in their life or ever felt even worthy. And I wondered what kind of life was this and what lessons could they learn from this and why would they choose these lessons? But they managed to recycle their experience and choose their own internal freedom. And I do believe their spiritual growth would have evolved from this. My brother spent over 12 months incarcerated and when I spoke to him on his final day before he was to be released, I said, what are you going to do now? And he said, well, I've got three very important things I've decided I'm going to do. And number one is I'm going to jump in the ocean. He was a scuba diver, a professional scuba diver, and that was one of the main reasons he had been attracted to this region in Asia. The marine life was beautiful. He said the second thing he was going to do was to find a hotel room with excellent air conditioning and get very, very cold. And <laughs> I have to laugh. The third thing he was going to do, he said, once he was very, very cold, because he never, ever wanted to squat again to relieve himself and he never, ever wanted to relieve himself with 70 men watching him. He was going to get really cold and take a packet of cigarettes and sit on the toilet and 
stay there for a very long time. <laughs> it took another year for my brother to be able to leave the country. Eventually he was deported for overstaying his visa. He now is rebuilding his life. He lives on a farm. He enjoys the quiet and the peace and the solitude. He has the love of a remarkable woman who shared this experience with him, and that's another love story in itself. Of course, he has scars from this experience and he doesn't like to relive it too often. He really appreciates the simple things in life, the space and the freedom and nature and truth and integrity. He is a man that travelled to hell and returned. And he's a man that's ready to live and ready to live a full lived life. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that we were assistance, assisted by divine guidance and the intervention of the multidimensional realms. And we never gave up faith or hope or love. And for that, we are utterly blessed. We often think we can't communicate with the afterlife, with our loved ones, with angels, with guides, because we can't see them with our physical eyes, but we can't see faith and hope and love, but we know that's real as well. The non-physical beings vibrate on a different frequency, but they are absolutely there waiting to guide you whenever you ask if you are believing. And again, my three principles, faith is believing that it will happen and hope is the expectation that it will occur and love is making this a feeling experience, an emotional experience and working from the heart structure. These three elements are the greatest powers that we have to describe. And this option is available to every one of you. It's just that some of you may have forgotten and for some it may be easier, but with patience and passion, there's no doubt in my mind that you will have this ability to communicate with the non-physical realms. On another note, I'm still excited to continue to offer you my intuited readings and what this means is in some way that I've had the ability to connect with portals of worlds, the multidimensional realms and always receiving guidance for you that you're ready to hear at this point in time and always the guidance is of the highest vibrational loving order. If you're called to find out more, I'll leave a link to find out more or book in the show notes or head on over to the Passion Harvest shop page for more details. Sometimes I feel that we're all players on a stage and perhaps this experience and you listening to me now at wherever you are in space and time happened long ago. Nothing happens by accident. Everything happens for a reason. But if we can recycle and transform experiences and not look at conflicts and contrasts as a negative but use them as an opportunity for personal growth, then we grow spiritually, exponentially. If we can 
look at the multidimensional realms, our loved ones, angels and guides is not far away, but right here, always ready to help and serve us and guide us on the easiest path and for our best and highest good. And all we have to do is gently and quietly ask. This is available to each and every one of you and Thoughts create things, so be careful of the thoughts you say to yourself, your soul and the non-physical realm will move mountains to achieve your thoughts. So choose your thoughts wisely and everything is going to be okay. I know this. And Again, I say, honour those that travel alongside you and tell them what they mean to you often. And the relationships we have with ourselves and others is fundamental to our co-creation and the universe. And on a final note now, abide in faith and hope and love. But the greatest of these is love. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope I've inspired you in some way. This is my goal and I'm honoured if I have. Please leave a comment or a question below and I will answer it. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Oh, and stay tuned for the photos coming up. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.